This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jen, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, just got off the uh, the slopes this weekend, you know, really getting my leg working, getting my cardio in, crushing the slopes, but I think uh, I'm going to have to shut it down for about six or seven months because uh, ski season doesn't start again, you know, until, until next winter. I think I got the last good day. So I think that, um, you know, where I'm at with my fitness, that's just where it's going to have to be for, for a little bit. And as always at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella back from vacation. Everybody he's back on the podcast. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing way better than Michaelton. It sounds like, because boys I'm back. And I don't mean I'm back from vacation because I am back from vacation. I'm back to running now. I have made my big return. It's one of my favorite things to say on this podcast because we each get to say it like three or four times a year that we're back. You know, we're, we're back in shape now. We're back fit. I've run about three or four times in the last uh, week, week and a half, which is three or four times more than I've run a long time. Um, but I'm feeling great. I feel like I haven't lost a step. I am, I am starting the grand buildup and I'm going to be just priming, ready to go. Uh, come just to it'll only take a few weeks and I'll be, I'll be flying. So I think at the end of the show, I want to get into a little bit of like what our plans are in the coming months, but I'll just say this, that I released a video this week and the video was a masterpiece, by the way, it's on our Instagram. I'm going to put it on the YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, the videos, it's, it's a work of art, right? And it's just announcing that we're going to bring back the mileage challenge this May. And, you know, I, after our, after our Irish Clover weekend, our beer mile weekend, I got on the scale boys and I was horrified. And you know, the thing, so, so, so as I get ready for this mileage challenge, I know that my, the biggest factor, like if we're putting our bodies through hell, if we're like, if we're going to be putting up these crazy mileage numbers, I got to lose weight. So between now and the mileage challenge. I'm committed to losing 20 pounds. I 20 got on the pounds. I got on the scale. I got on the scale after beer mile day and I was at 193. Not good, boys. Not good. I was at 193. And so in order and and here's the thing. I don't need to do a ton of mileage. I'm going to keep the mileage under 20 miles a week because I think if I do any more than that, I'm going to get injured. The best thing I can do to compete with you guys is just lose some pounds. So the goal by by the beginning of mileage challenge, I'm gonna be a lean, mean fighting machine. You guys are going down. Wait, Steve, you are seven pounds away from making an attempt at the heavyweight mile yeah. record. You cannot let this opportunity. You're go. going the wrong direction. Yeah, no, 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 no. Here's up. the thing. Here's the thing. It also gave me confidence though that I can get to 200 pounds and I can train for the mile. There's a difference between racing a mile. And doing like ultra marathon shit, which we're about to do over the over the P2E challenge mile weekend. I can't be I can't be two hundred pounds for the mileage challenge. I mean, no, don't like you if know I, 
don't you know that the training cycle doesn't start for another like month and a half? You got plenty of time to go get if seven you're trying pounds. To lose, if you're trying to lose 20 pounds, it starts. Go, no, starts, go, get, starts go get seven pounds. Go run your 200 pound mile. And then you got plenty of time for the training to begin. No, 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 no. Well, you two are hitting the slopes. Trent's, uh, you know, off on exotic vacations. Mike's at his, his, his ski house up north. I'm like, you know, I'm like Rocky in, in the Russian, you know, you know, barn over here, just grinding, counting calories, eating healthy, putting in mileage on the, on the Peloton. I'm getting ready. You know, I'm, I'm training while you two are, are sleeping. What's, what's the strategy to lose the 20 pounds? I want to get more into that because I know sometimes when you start running a little bit, you know, that appetite goes straight through the roof and you just start getting real hungry and you just are like, you know, you're eating six meals a day. So how Steve, are you going to lose 20 pounds? So I've, (laughs) so I did this, I like, I did a crazy thing this November or this, this fall where I did the 75 hard. So I completely cut out alcohol. I ate healthy. I worked out twice a day for 75 days and I lost like 10, 15 pounds. I was ripped. I was healthy. It was really good for me. But the second I came off of it, like it all came back. Right. So I'm, I'm going about it a little differently because you can't, you can't cut out things that you're going to want in your life. So I'm just purely focused on I'm eating healthier. Like I'm cutting out some junk, but I'm purely just on like calorie deficit. Right. Just gotta, just gotta, you gotta burn more than you put into your system. I wanted something a little more janky than that. I was hoping yeah. for some fun junk science diets. I don't know. What's <laughs> There's hot no junk science losing 20 pounds. Yeah, I wanted something like that had somebody's last name in it type of plan, like, you know, the, <laughs> the McIverson plan or something. You know, some, some kind of crazy scientist, some Bryson DeChambeau type stuff that was like, this is going to solve all the problems. Should- or maybe you could take one of those like, I don't know, one of those like diet pills or something. Yes, or yes, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm talking, talking about. about. <laughs> we need a diet pill. We need like the Jenny Craig diet or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. a total like no carb, the, no vegetable that, diet. The tea that all the Instagram models hawk on, on yes, Instagram, yes, right? Yes. The, the, the tea that just makes you poop your pants. Now maybe, we're, the TB, maybe the TB12 diet. TB12. See, no, but that's the thing. I can't, the TB12 lifestyle is not a lifestyle I can maintain. I need to have a beer. I need to have a cheeseburger every now and then. I can't. I need to do something that's sustainable for the life I want to live. I can't maintain the TB12 lifestyle. It sounds like he's not really committed to losing 20 pounds, Trent. It sounds like he should really go with one of those little diet pills because then he eats the same I think thing. So. We'll <laughs> yeah, see. He can just live out. the same life. Yeah. We'll see. When we show up in a month on race day, and you know who's who's ready to roll and who isn't. So you need like a you need like a parasite that'll just you know all the cheeseburgers <laughs> all the cheeseburgers you crush. I need it, a tapeworm. Yeah, you need like a self 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 injected. <laughs> hey, you think I can buy one of those on Amazon? You think I can buy a tapeworm? I, you might have to go deep, you know, deeper, you know, web than Amazon, but I bet we can find some some shippable tapeworms. So like I, I, I do want to get into this a little bit later. We got a lot to talk about, I, but I do want to dive back into that. But I just want to let you guys know where I'm at because you guys are ski bums and I'm out here training like a crazy person. Um, I got another, I got a story to tell you guys. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about my, uh, 
So I guess this was my quarantine project, right? When we went into quarantine last summer and everybody kind of picked up their, their different stuff. Some people were baking bread. Other people were focused on trick shots. I picked up an old hobby, a hobby that I did before high school. I, you know, I was a, and I played a little tennis when I was younger and going into high school, I completely let it go. And so as a, you know, a 32 year old man at the time, I decided to pick this sport back up because, you know, I, I like golf. Um, I, I suck at it, but I was like, I need an old man sport, right? If it's not going to be running, I need, I need some sort of old man sport. So, and I figured tennis is, is a little more active. It's a little more fun. So I, I picked it back up and, you know, I, I, I belong to this tennis club and uh, I, I'm playing doubles and it's this thing where they match you up with a different person uh, all, almost every week, or you might get match up with the same person a couple of times, but it's a random, you know, the, the tennis pro kind of organizes people based on their, on their tennis ratings. And so a couple of weeks ago, I get matched up with this guy and he's an absolute crazy person. Right. And you know, this league, it's, it's kind of for fun and everybody's kind of nice to each other. And you know, they, they don't really take it too seriously. Like they're, it's competitive, but amongst the four people on the court, it's pretty cordial. And this guy is yelling at people across the, on the other team. He's yelling at me every time I screw up. He's on my team. And, and I'm starting to get kind of pissed at this guy, right? And, I, and, and, and to the point where it's like I lost the point that cost us the game, which cost us the set, and he's, like, telling me what I did wrong. And I'm like, I'm like listen, buddy, I know what I did wrong. And, and like, if I could go back, I would have done differently, but I can't. I was like, you need to back off. Like we're out here having fun. And this guy's an absolute crazy person. So we kind of get into on, on the court a little bit and I, I feel bad about it. Right. Because emotions are running high. He's got this crazy person. He's telling me what I'm doing wrong. And obviously I feel bad and I'm a competitive person too. So we kind of get into on the court. And so the rest of the match, I focus on, I focus on like trying to make this guy my buddy. Right. And, trying to make my friend I get his number after the fact I'm texting him and I actually reach out to the tennis problems like hey match us up again next week because you know I, I feel bad that him and I got into it a little bit we were on the same team like I want to I want to be nice to this guy I want to become his friend and so we have a match this past weekend and it is the most intense match I have ever played in my life and so the way it works is you play two sets because it's only an hour and a half time slots you play two sets you know best of Best of two sets, if you split them, you do like a 10-point tiebreaker as like a third set. First set, we go to a tiebreaker for the set. We lose the tiebreaker. Second set, we go to a tiebreaker for the set. We win the second set. We go to a tiebreaker for the game. It comes down to the last couple points, and I, I lose the last point, right? And it was like, it was a volley, and it was a tough volley, kind of a tough volley to get. It kind of goes off my racket, goes out. I lose the last point. And the psychopath loses his mind. He flips out. He smashes his rack and he's like, he's like, Steve, hit it in the hit it in the court, hit in the court. And I just turned to him and I said, I'm not gonna say his name. I'm gonna say, Hey, chill the fuck out. It's not the US Open. Right? And then this this the crazy person continues to lose his mind. He comes over to me, he's yelling at me. I thought he was gonna punch me at one point, creates this giant scene in this like in this like, you know, nice tennis club. But I don't know, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty well liked at this place. Like, am I in the wrong here? Or, or is, is this guy a psycho? Like, please tell me that, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think right now. So my two takeaways from that, Steve, unbelievable. 
I, you are totally not in the wrong. I mean, this guy is a, a loose cannon. He sounds like the most entertaining tennis player I've ever heard of in my entire life, but he's clearly out of his mind. You did nothing wrong. However, my second takeaway is there's a 50, 50 chance that this is just you in like 25 years. <laughs> I mean, the, this just might be the guy's my might, age. I mean, he might be a couple years older than me, but uh, I was picturing at least like a 65 year old man. No, no, guy's a little bit older <laughs> than me. I'd say a couple years older than me. That that was my first takeaway. I was like, did did we find someone that could be you know more competitive than Steve when it comes to like anything? So to see this guy lose his mind like that, um, my second takeaway is as much of like a psychopath as this person clearly is, and and you're obviously not in the wrong, Steve. I love this guy. I absolutely love this guy. If you have just like a, I want a friendly. To like him, yeah, I want. I'm not playing with him. I'm not playing with. Him. I don't want to be his teammate. I don't want to play against him. I don't want to be part of like the 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 organization that's organizing these matches. But if I'm in the stands and I'm like watching another game like on the other side of the facility or something, and there's that guy there, like that is making my day. Like to see that energy brought to just pick up tennis or whatever you want to call it is fire. I'm a I'm a big fan of this guy, Steve. So we. Is he going to be your partner going forward, or what's what's the deal now? I uh, no, he's never going to be my partner again. So, <laughs> so well, I I can't wait until the first matchup that you guys play against each other. Well, I think that needs I to be like the we need to pro. bang that place out. We need to get it I, packed. I texted the tennis. I texted the tennis pro, and I was like, I was like, hey. Like you might hear from us some other people. I wanted you to hear from me. There was an incident on the court today. <laughs> oh, Steve, he knows. You get a small little tennis club like that. I'm sure. I'm sure news travels fast. Yeah, yeah. Is this guy gonna uh, be allowed back, or is that you know? Do you, do you toss him out at this point? I mean, this can't be the first time this guy's had an incident. Well, that's like what it. I found out. And he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes. Well. He goes, I think that might be the last straw for our friend. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he said, he said, he said, Steve, he's like, you with the last hope is like, if he can't get along with you, he can't get along with anybody. <laughs> so they specifically, they, they specifically targeted you or like, we're going to, we're going to test bait this guy here. See if we can like a little lab rat, see if we can get him to work with you. Yeah. And, and I'll say that like, I, I'm very competitive and I want to win every single match. But if you're on my team, like I'm a really good teammate and tennis is such a mental game where between every single point I'm pumping my teammate up. I'm, you know, tapping rackets. I'm giving them daps. If it was a tough point. I said, we get it next time. I'm a good teammate. I pride myself on being a good teammate. And it's tough because you're getting matched up with random people, people that you're meeting for the first time on the court. So it's like a delicate, it's a very delicate relationship out there. I really pride myself on being able to handle that, those relationships well out there. Well, that's the fine line with sports, right? Because you you need to be able to call a teammate out when the time is right. But you call a teammate out when he's like dogging it and like is lazy and doesn't get to a ball because he wasn't trying. You don't yell at a teammate because he's like trying his hardest and, and puts the ball into the net. It's like, uh, sorry, dude. I, yeah, I want to be better, but like, I'm just, you know, I put the ball in the net. That happens. Yeah. Anyways, I know this is a running podcast, but it was a crazy incident that happened this weekend. And uh, I just, I had to talk about it. Well, to relate to running before we move on, I mean, imagine that guy on the starting line, right? Like, let's get that personality <laughs> in some road races where, you know, he's just freaking out at the water person because the water person doesn't give it to him at like the right angle or something like that. And very mediocre. I'm not picturing the guy in first. I'm picturing the guy fighting for like 34th 
34th place. I think that'd be electric. No, this is definitely, this is definitely the guy that leads the 5k for the first half mile and then, and then finishes dead last in the race. This guy is either the best cross country teammate in the world or just the worst because he might be the guy that like, you know, calls people out on their BS and holds people accountable or he's just a complete clubhouse cancer and destroys the entire chemistry of the team. Yeah. Well, enough tennis talk. Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right. So we got a couple of topics here. Let's start with uh, the announcement that we will finally have the professional debut of the brand new Hayward Field. It'll be next month, April 24th. There's going to be uh, a big USATF pro race there. What do we think? This facility is unbelievable. And, you know, I'm happy that our sport has a place like this. But at the same time, it's also like it, it's kind of tough because it is it is Nike putting a stranglehold in the sport where it's like any, every single big meet held in the United States is going to be held at, at the University of Oregon, which it kind of already was. Um, but now that there's this amazing facility, it's, it's definitely going to be that way. And I would feel a little bit better about that if, uh, if it was on the East Coast and I could get there a little bit easier. But it's in this place where it's, it's impossible. It's like very difficult to get to. There's not a ton of hotels there. Like, I mean, just look at the trials. Like, the trials is tough to get to. Like, there's not an airport where you can fly in super easy. I mean, you got to rent a car. You got to drive there. Um, Hotels fill up really quick. You got to spend a ton of money for an Airbnb. Um, So, like, awesome facility. I'm glad our sport has a place like that. But I wish it was more accessible. Yeah. It's absolute stadium porn. You can just look at those images. It's it's absolute fire. It looks so damn good. Um, every track meet's going to be held there. Every high schooler that's worth a damn is going to want to go to Oregon. You know, they it's already, already did, but even more yeah, so now. It's they're going to get every recruit. I mean, I, if I was you know any bit good in high school, I'd want to go to Oregon. Shout out Pro Flow. Um, it's it's gorgeous, and you make a good point, Steve. It, it's kind of going to be tough for East Coasters like us, but maybe not anytime soon. But maybe a few years down the line, like somebody needs to match it, right? Someone's got to push the boundaries first. And then someone else, when they come across um, a little or a lot of money in this case, tries to build something that can potentially match it, maybe in like the, the Southeast or something like that, um, to, to put up something that can host some meets and get it away from Oregon and get away from just like the Nike everywhere. Um, so hopefully that comes out of it. For now, I'm just enjoying it. It's exciting. I think just like the next week, there'll be that first meet, like you said. Um, and it, it's, uh, it had me fired up just like checking it out. Yeah, I think I think I've said this before, but at first I was mad about the Hayward, the new Hayward Field, because, just because simply I never got a chance to see the old one, and I feel like I missed a big part of track history by not seeing that. However, it is awesome that in the U.S. we have you know this kind of state of the art facility. It'll be the hub of U.S. distance running. Um, but Steve, I know you had been to the old Hayward Field. Was there like um, any kind of like party environment around Hayward Field? Any kind of tailgating type situation? Or, and I guess my question is, 
are we going to see that at this facility, right? If we're going to make this the hub of distance running, then we got to create some kind of like madhouse culture around it. Where like we, you go to Hayward and it's just like, it's a hell of a time. The crowd's getting rowdy. Like we, if we're going to have this badass stadium, we need to kind of create that culture. Yeah. It's, so they had, they had like an area at the facility where you could like, they had like, you could get beers and kind of hang out at the, at the facility around the facility. There's not necessarily tailgating, but you got to realize Mike that all the, like all the buildings and houses around the facility are frat houses. Okay. And a lot of brands are renting these out. So my only experience, my only experience at Hayward field was at the 2012 trials and the, company was i was working i was working for uh rented out a frat house and we took over a frat house and it was if you weren't at the track you were partying at the frat house we had this we had this uh there was this busted um there was this busted hot tub in the backyard right oh there was and so what we did what we did was we had so much beer and so what we did was we threw it all in the hot tub and filled it up with water and ice and we put the cover over it. And so it was the biggest like beer cooler you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> so th- there is, there is partying. It's not like a tailgate atmosphere, but there is significant partying around the stadium. If you know how, to, if you know how and where to find it pretty much. All right. So we, we need to make that the normal. We need it. Like we said, we need to make Hayward field just the, one of the best, stadiums sports experiences that you're going to find we need to make a, a push for that uh, uh, uh one more thing on that though speaking of oregon i think we are the only running podcast in the world that doesn't have cole hawker and cooper tier on the podcast this week so if you're sick of listening to them you can come listen to our podcast because <laughs> i'm pretty sure literally every single podcast in the world has those two guys on this week so uh, but i mean if they want to come on we'll have them yeah of course <laughs> um all right so let's move on to a uh you know a little bit of a different kind of news story than we usually do there are some results out there but nothing nothing worth breaking into here um so i don't know if you guys saw this but a little while ago miley cyrus she was preparing for one of her super bowl concerts she just released this video of her i guess like i don't know singing on the treadmill and it was part of her you know preparation for her concert you know she's gonna her heart's gonna be pumping she's gonna be you know breathing a lot because she's gonna be running around the stage she needs to get used to singing in that environment people made a huge big deal about it it was kind of a viral video it's like oh wow this is so great like look how you know talented miley cyrus was so then lizzo responded with a video of her own running on a treadmill and singing you know, this whole it's part part of the viral sensation is kind of a cool thing. But I guess what, what I wanted to ask you guys on this news story is, is this a good thing for our sport, right? To have like mega superstars doing treadmill. It, it kind of reminds me of like the old like OK Go video where they're like doing the dancing on the treadmills. Is it good for our sport where it's like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're bringing like to running where we're, we're kind of combining it with the pop culture world or is it a bad look where we're kind of like kind of 
mock not mocking but putting our sport in kind of like an average joe kind of light not doing a great thing for us i don't know right when you see these treadmill videos and these superstars doing treadmill things i never know what to think if it's a good or bad thing for the sport i was uh i was ready for the questions to start coming out like could miley cyrus run you know sub two in the 800 or something like that like just you know making it look easy i mean she's not running that fast when you watch the video and shout out miley cyrus you watch the miley cyrus sing i mean that gives me the tingles i'm a huge miley cyrus fan she killed it and lizzo did a great job too um but i don't think those questions are coming it's good for the sport it was fun it was uh pretty impressive honestly see i mean i go out and i i sing sometimes when i run and nobody's taking the video of that and it's getting millions of views so i don't know what i'm let's doing playing fitness right now let's make some videos well, yeah Oh, that now we're talking. I also, you know, let's let's go start making some treadmill singing videos. Let's, you know, get on the TikTok game. Let's just break the internet with our with our peak too early treadmill singing videos. Mike, I'm shocked that you asked that question. I mean, the whole premise of this podcast is that this is the average Joe sport. Some people have to be happen to be significantly better than other people at it, and we have respect for those people, and we have them on the podcast for interviews and all that stuff. But the beautiful thing about this sport is Lizzo could show up at the Irish Clover 5-miler, run whatever time she wants, and then party with us all day afterwards, and it doesn't matter. So, Steve, I'm offended a little bit. I posed the question – to create conversation obviously that's how i feel do i want lizzo to be integrated with this sport yeah i think that's the best thing we can do i need lizzo in this yeah sport. we should we should get lizzo more into this sport lizzo's a badass miley cyrus is a badass so yeah let's get more okay go like whatever I'm, I'm i'm totally into it but you know i'm sure i could go on let's run right now and find some kind of thread where like people are getting all like worked up about you know Miley Cyrus running being a big deal, people being like, oh well, yeah, she's probably doing like twelve minute miles, blah 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 blah. I guarantee you that shit exists out there. Those people exist. I'm wait. I'm waiting for Troll Mike to get on Let's Run and, and start that thread yourself. Mike got I don't know what you wait for. I got exposed. Yeah, my, all my shit just gets taken. It's like I'm, it was I'm not like, cut, I'm not like, cut dude, out for I, Let's Run. I can't Dude, I listened to your podcast. You said your you said your your let's run name. <laughs> Listen, I I tried. I gave it a go. It just didn't it didn't work out. Um, all right. So the last news story we got. It came out this weekend. Good friend of the program. One of our you know we were kind of just chatting about it now, but one of our first like actual pros that we ever had on this. One of our first like relationships that we ever built through this podcast riley masters officially announced that he retired this weekend riley's the best hate to see him go but i'm actually kind of happy for him because you know he's getting a chance to move outside of the sport do his own thing and i think it was it was just his time so pump for riley what do you guys think new england legend I mean, he's a he's a peak too early uh, friend of the program. Got started, but he's also a guy that all of us have you know been following for a long time. Even when I didn't even follow the sport, I knew who Riley Masters was because um, he's just that big of a name, you know, to us and to people that, especially in this area. Um, I mean, I remember my first time retiring from running. It was it was great, <laughs> and so I'm sure he's about to enjoy it. I've retired maybe six eight. 15 times at this point. So we'll, maybe we'll see, maybe he'll come back. I think I read something saying like he wasn't closing the door for, you know, marathons or something in the future. Um, but yeah, he deserves it. He's had a great career. Um, he should enjoy this one. 
Yeah, uh, New England running legend. I remember the flow track, the real main series. I mean, that kind of came out when I was when I was just finishing up or I was in college, just finishing up. And I, and it was a big deal. And he was one of those guys he always rooted for. And then he got a, he got a, a deal with, with the Brooks beast and he ended up switching over to, to Nike shortly after, but just a, uh, one of the good guys in the sport. Once one of the guys that you always cheered for, like Mike said, genuinely a, a friend of the program. One of our, one of our first guests, Mike, want to give him a call? Yeah. Sure. Think you might come on. Sure. Let's give him a call. Let's text Riley. Let's see if we can get him a call. Riley, what's up? What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in here. Of course, yes. Sorry, I kind of missed you guys there for a second. My wife, we have friends over for dinner. Oh, Oh, okay. We'll make it. We'll make it really quick. We'll make it really quick. Well, first off, we wanted to congratulate you on a great career. Congratulations on your retirement. How you? How are you feeling that you don't have to go for a run tomorrow if you don't want to? To be honest, I've I've kind of known this was a thing for a while, so I've been enjoying that for quite a bit now. So it's been it's been a few few months that I've known I'm probably gonna retire, and then but now I think. After Friday, when I officially announced it, that made it official where I was like, you know what? I don't have to run today, uh, which is, it feels great. Riley, does it, does it sting a little bit knowing that like you are now on the same level as the three of us? You're just a, you know, a washed up ex-athlete at this point? Yeah, I watched, I think I saw a few Instagram clips of you guys running that mile this weekend. <laughs> and I... I saw how you guys were looking in those short shorts, and I was like, you know what? That's that's me. And yeah, you're, you're only a couple months away from that, Riley. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that you guys still wear short shorts. I think that I was trying to decide if that'll be me, and I think absolutely. I I, I don't usually, but for the the sake of the uh, you know the entertainment value, we 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 found the we we dug through the old cabinets to find the the short shorts. Nice. Yeah. The short shorts, the spandex, they don't go away. You, you keep those on as long as you can. But uh, Riley, you've had, a, you've had a few months, you said that you kind of thought about this. Where is like the well-developed, produced, emotional video that comes out that shows some career highlights and you making like a big speech? You know, it was pretty like subtle announcement. So I want the big video here. I, yeah, I think we'll have to get some kind of production crew out here. Maybe some of those like YouTubers now. I feel like that's kind of where I knew that I would I needed to retire because the professional running's now all about YouTube where I don't even know how to do that. So um, yeah, it's where I knew I needed to head in this direction. Um, firstly, I wasn't actually planning on making an announcement. My local newspaper called me to see how my buildup for the Olympic trials was going. And I was like, you know what? I should probably let you guys know I'm retired. And they were like, <laughs> oh. All right, so they exposed me. I wasn't actually gonna. I was just gonna fade into irrelevancy, um, just slowly. But yeah, it worked out. Where I guess I then after they exposed me, I had to make an announcement. You, you were gonna Irish goodbye the whole track and field world. That's incredible. I was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was planning on making an announcement about the same time Merber did, and he got such a reaction that I was like, shoot, I'm not gonna live up to that. <laughs> I, I either have to wait a few months or just never say anything. <laughs> So you, you, I feel like, so you're, you're, you're tired from professional running. I do feel like you got to make a comeback for like a master's event. 
right? So whether it's like the master's mile or like the master's 5k, you got to make like a push to try and win like a master's event. So you can say like Riley masters is the master's champion, or you can say the event was named after me today. Yeah, no, I think that's, I already do that with Augusta in the fall um, or sorry, in the spring. But I think, yeah, definitely with those road races, I will absolutely, once the moment I turn 40, I'm going to get in there and it's going to be, yeah, I'm just going to thrive. But I'm also excited to get really out of shape and just show up to local 5Ks and race as hard as I possibly can while being out of shape and see how competitive I can be. Or, you know what you should do? How long do you think it would take you to look like uh, Ryan Hall? Man probably a while but i'll get on it <laughs> all right yeah I, I mean those are the best pictures on the internet the, the the pictures of him as like a scrawny marathoner and him as like you know this 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 bodybuilder i mean you should add or you should you should like try and make fun of it right true yeah that's actually that's not a bad idea maybe i'll just like try to i'll just go whatever he produces for a video where he's like lifting a bunch of weight yeah. i'll put out a video of me trying to lift the same amount of weight um or just doing the same exercise with a very little weight i don't know but that you maybe youtube that's figured out that's, yeah, that's, that's a hit star. right there yeah yeah so riley so. I, I do have a uh, a real question for you we'll, we'll give you a break from from the goofy <laughs> stuff so i do we kind of talked about this one um Kyle retired earlier, but like the idea of retiring in an Olympic year, right? Is that because in my mind, in my stupid, you know, not professional athlete mind, I'm like, well, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, make that one last run? It's an Olympic year, you know, you only get so many shots at that. But then at the same time, it, when I think about it a little bit more, it's like, well, maybe that's when you realize like, Oh man, I'm I'm not really into this anymore, or I'm just I don't have the fire. Like I I guess when the Olympics come around, that's like the best time to check yourself of like how invested you are in this. So like where where are you at on that spectrum? Yeah, so I think there's kind of like two parts to that answer. Where in my mind, I had always said I was going to retire after 2020. So when COVID shut everything down, I had already had this plan of being done in June. So mentally, I was going to have to kind of get back up for that and go for an entire one more year. And I think it wouldn't necessarily have been that difficult, but I did have surgery in June. So being just being very, very competitive, I knew I wasn't able to get the training in and have the buildup I needed to make the team. So it might sound, I'm sure there are people out there who would love to go to the Olympic trials and just be there and have that be their big opportunity. But I've done that before. And it was, it's incredible. It's an incredible experience. But this time I was all in on trying to make the Olympic team. And I just knew that was not going to happen. So that made it, that's where I was like, you know what? I'd rather just call it now than show up, finish, like not make the final or whatever, and just have it be a rough experience. I'd rather kind of walk away with my dignity intact. Not that I would have lost it, but I think for me, it makes it much easier to just be like, you know what? I concede here. You ain't first or your last, baby. I'm going, yeah, I'm going for exactly. dubs so right there, that, going for the team. That may not sound like a competitive like mindset or outlook on it, but I feel like it's because I'm so competitive. I just was like, I'm just gonna quit rather than like and not reach the top, then and like even try. I guess that's kind of my the way I thought about it. Mm -hmm. 
So do you, do you see that competitive keeping you connected to the sport, you know, moving forward? Or do you feel like you need, you know, a little, like I think you're doing some coaching right now, but do you feel like you need a little hiatus or do you feel like you'll still be, you know, involved in the sport one way or another? Yeah, I think I'm going to take a step back, kind of get kind of fully away from it and then see what it's like to kind of come back to it. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't really know how I'll feel about it like being at a track meet or whatever, if I'll be, you know, have that, if I'll miss it, I, I guess I'm, it's too, still a little too early for me to really figure out like how I'm going to feel about it. Um, but I'm sure at some point I'll stay connected in some way. I think I've been connecting with actually a couple former pros and they'll talk to me about how they're like, oh, I coach my high school team or like I'll do some volunteering here. And they were like, it's really fun to, like see all of these young guys who have all these like hopes and dreams and like just be excited to help them chase that. So I think that's probably where I'd like to be. <clears throat> that's probably where I'll get plugged in at some point. So Riley, I know you got, you got friends, you got friends over and we're going to wrap this up soon, but I do want to just leave you, ask you this, this last question here. Um, you know, what advice or what message would you give to a young pro runner that's kind of at your level coming into the sport, having come through the, you know, come through a professional career, a successful professional career, and, and just wrapping up now, what advice would you give to that young runner? I think that one's pretty easy. I think you have to go all in. So you can have all the talent in the world, um, but I think what's made me getting to this point and being able to walk away is that I left absolutely no stone unturned. I was completely dedicated from going to bed on time, eating right. I ran as much as I could, did every exercise, everything. Um, so I think that's, that's the thing I would say is just go absolutely all in, whether you get to this, like you're on the starting line or you're at this point, you can just feel fully confident that you did everything you possibly could to be, to take the most, to make the most of those opportunities. So um, that's my advice is just go all in. Well, cheers to that. I hope that you, uh, you spend some time eating wrong and enjoying yourself for the, for the next couple months and, you know, uh, enjoying the stuff that you couldn't while you're professional runners, uh, a professional runner. Congratulations on a successful career. Um, you know, I think it's, a, it, it's, it, it's one that you should definitely be proud of. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Well, that was a nice little surprise. Thanks to, uh, to Riley Masters for, for coming on the podcast and congratulations on a great career and a, uh, a fun retirement. We'll see you in the, the marathon a little bit later. We'll see you winning those, uh, the Masters categories a little bit later in your career. So, All right, gentlemen. Well, that's, that's all I got for the news. All right. So we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. And I know that this is a ways away. But, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about it because the three of us are going to be training pretty hard for it because we're going to go after this. We're going to go after this P2E Mild Challenge, and we want all of you to join us, similar to last year. Last year, we threw it out. We had a bunch of people join us on Strava to see how many miles they could, they could run in a week, and it was a lot of fun, and we want you to do the same this time around. But this is something we're going to mix it up. We're going to do it a little bit different than we did last year. Um, and it's something that you might need to train a little bit for. So we want to give you a, a heads up. So I think we, we all agreed that if we tried to do a week long battle, as many miles as you could in a week, um, 
not only would we all end up in the hospital, but we would probably quit the podcast and it just wouldn't be worth it. Cause we don't want to put ourselves through a week long trauma like we did last year. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it was just a full-time job. I, I genuinely could not do it again this year. We were lucky enough that it was kind of mid pandemic quarantine. So we had a little bit of extra time. I, I physically do not have the time. It, it was a 24 hour a day job to try and get through a hundred plus miles in a week. So I can't, I cannot do it again. Yeah. I have goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> so what we wanted to do is we wanted to find something where we were going to push ourselves to the limit and we were going to compete, but maybe take a little less time. So we kind of settled on the David Goggins four by four by 48. And so his challenge is for every Every four hours, you have to run four miles for 48 hours. And now I think without a doubt, if we, were, if we were to do it tomorrow, every single one of us on this podcast could accomplish that. It would be tough, but we could do it. So we need to toss a little twist into it, a little twist to make it a little bit more competitive. So what we're going to do is every single four hours when we run the four miles, it's essentially going to be a race. So Every single time that you run for the four miles, we're going to add it up. And at the end of the 48 hours, we're going to combine all of our times. And whoever has the fastest overall time amongst all those combined times is going to be the winner. So, like, it's just every single time we go out there, it's pretty much going to be a race between the, between the three of us. Yeah, it's going to be Did I do a good enough job to explain that? Did I clarify the four by four by 48? So every four hours, you run four miles for for 48 hours. Yeah, so it's a total of, by the end of it, you do 48 total miles over a two-day stretch. You got to do it on that that schedule. And like you said, you're you're racing the whole time. It's pretty much a 48-mile race. At at least... When we did the mileage challenge, it was like, I forget, what was it, 830? We had to do all our miles under 830, so you kind of had this bar that's like maximum push. I mean, this is only 48 hours, but this sounds just as hard and as like miserable yet competitive and fun, but miserable as the mileage challenge was. Like, this is going to be an absolute brutal 48 hours, and it's only because it's the three of us, right? Anybody else, you can just kind of run out, see how your time does, and compare it later. But you know, like you said, Steve, I mean, we're going to have like finishing kicks four times a day for 48 straight hours. It's going to be absolute brutal. Yeah, so Trey, you, you touched on kind of both of my main takeaways. I'd say my, the two things I'm most nervous about when it comes to this challenge. The first thing is, yes, I, I felt comfort in the, the last mileage challenge that it didn't have to be about speed. I just had to truck along at my 815 pace. And as long as I got the miles in, they counted. Now, not only do you have to get your miles in, but every single one of them has to count. You have to be on your game. You can't, you, you, you take a break for one second and you could be screwed, right? You have one bad leg and it could screw you for the entire weekend. So it just sounds like the mental warfare is going to be brutal. And that brings me to my second point is I'm dealing with two crazy people. So, <laughs> You would think that most normal people would like just kind of take it easy and have it be like a race, maybe the last couple legs and, you know, do, do some legs together. Maybe like have a couple runs where we, you know, have a nice little chat. We talk about sab stories. No, that's not going to happen. Every single mile, every single hour along the way, you're going to be in the house 
There's going to be mental strategy in the house. It's going to be 48 hours of just nonstop mental warfare because I'm dealing with psychopaths. Well, and so Mike, you bring up a good point that I forgot to mention. We're going to get together and we're going to do this in person. So the three of us are going to, are going to be in a house and we're going to do this together and it's going to be a battle and we're going to set up, it's going to be a combination of an endurance challenge. It's going to be a combination of the P2E mileage challenge we did last year. And it's going to be a combination of like the real world. We're going to have like confessional rooms. I'm sure there's going to be, there's going to be mental warfare going on out on the course, but there's going to be mental warfare going on in the house. Like that's, that's the thing I'm most excited about is that the, the way that this is structured, it is set up so there can be like a ton of strategy at play here. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's like obviously a physical endurance competition, but it's a chess match, right? Like there, I, there could be a scenario where we all agree that, you know, we just this, – this runs like we're all going to take it easy. And we could be running 10-minute pace for the first mile and a half. And next thing you know, somebody, op- somebody drops like a, a five-minute mile and they got a couple-minute lead on the field. Like there's no shortage of strategy and tactics that are going to go into this weekend. I've yeah, already you- drafted and like scrapped like six different strategies. Me yeah. too. Me too. And at a certain – here's the best part. Here's the best part. Like there's the first day, this is how I know it's going to happen. The first day is going to be all strategy. And then it's just going to turn out to an, like a straight out, like slug fest for the last 12 hours. We're just going to be knocking out like, like whatever we possibly can for the past, for the last 12 hours. And I don't want Mike just to call us a psychopath, Steve. I mean, Mike, you just said you strategized six different strategies on the whiteboard already. You couldn't walk after the mileage challenge or during the mileage challenge. So don't just call us psychopaths. You're right there with us. Yeah, well, so I think we need to uh, – I'm sure there's going to be a million, like, rule clarifications. and But a couple that just came, like, right into the top of my head when I've been thinking about this potential scenarios that could happen – so the way I see this going down, right, is like we'll have a set time. So it's like, you know, 8 p.m., that's when the next leg goes off, right? And the gun goes off at 8 p.m., and you show up to the line, and you go. And every four hours, boom, you know, there's a time when the gun goes off. Now, there's going to be legs that happen at, you know, 4 in the morning or something like that. So let's say someone like Trent, maybe, he sleeps through his alarm, and doesn't show up to the 4 a.m. 4 a.m. start time. My the way I, in my head, I think that that should go is the gun goes off at 4 a.m. So whenever Trent gets to the line and runs it is on him, but the time is running until until he finishes that leg. Is that is that kind of how you so guys see I, that going I, down? I've I've thought a lot about this. Um, so the way the the way the the four by four by 48 david goggis thing and set up is like you can you can like play games with the within the time frame right so you could like at let's say at um at midnight do or whenever you start like you could do your four miles you could sleep for seven hours and then that last hour get your four four miles in or or then do like an eight mile run and get like knock out like two four mile runs in the back-to-back blocks. So I think the way that we're setting up this competition to make it extra miserable for ourselves is I think we're going to do it 
every on the four hours, right? Yeah. And so the gun goes off on the four hours. Now there's, there, there could be some strategy that comes in play here with like the, what, the way I'm thinking, if you don't show up on the hour for the start, I think that, I think it's too much to say like there's added time, like there you get like, so say you don't run until you don't run until 45 minutes past the gun going off. I don't think you should add 45 minutes to that, but I think there should be a significant penalty, right? So maybe it's like, you get the slowest time run in the past 12 hours. You match the slowest time if you're not there on the gun or something like that. We can work it out. We got, we got, a, we got, a, we got like eight weeks to work this out here, but yeah. um, that's, that's the way I'm thinking. You know what? You get where I'm going with this? Yeah, I get it. The reason I bring it up though, right. Is cause like, that's part of the game. I'm, I'm saying we definitely can't do the well, David Goggins thing. Way- where like you have a seven hour stretch, right? I think we yeah. all need to start on the line together every fourth hour. But like part of it is your, your routine, like setting your alarms, waking up, making sure you have everything taken care of that you're showing up to the line every four hours. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out some kind of penalty. But what if there's a, what if there's a case where you have a significant lead on the field and you say, I can afford to take the penalty and sleep through my alarm. You know what I mean? So like yeah. that opens up a whole nother window. We just have to establish like what a fair, penalty it has to be it has to be severe but it can't like take you out of the competition okay all right do you know what i mean so start thinking about that about like what the penalty could be but then like then you play then you can play games like there's a whole nother there's another level of strategy to this where it's like if you match like the slowest time of the past 24 hours if you get a penalty then like somebody might decide to go out and run like a 45 minute four mile you know what i mean so there's like there's there's layers of strategy here sure the wheel yeah, the I, wheels are spinning in the gender brothers right now about how like you know perverted they can make this challenge just to make <laughs> i this can't wait it's amazing this we're, is we're, gonna we're be gonna... awesome. like this is gonna be this is gonna be like the most miserable 48 hours ever but it is gonna be it is gonna be great content i can't wait i i think yeah i, I the um we're going to need to have like a rule book written over the next month to, to try and close every single one of these loopholes. Cause I'm sure we all have some loopholes that we got in, in our mind here, but you mentioned, well, let earlier. me know. And, 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 and to the two crew, like if you have any ideas, if you can help us out with like what the penalty should be, let us know. And I, I, to your point earlier, Steve, I'm, I'm most excited about the um, inside the house drama and you know we're gonna have our you know hopefully our our film crews there and we're gonna get i i envision this making this like a a little bit of like a four-part series type thing because i'm ready for the confessionals i think we need to have like mandatory you you need to have like one confessional every other leg i don't know something like that so that we make sure that there's good drama stirred up. i mean it's gonna get it's gonna get wild i'm ready for like the like you said, the real world type aspect of this, because what we, my mind was in a bad place during that, the, the miles challenge last week, we're going to be like on basically no sleep during this. So I'm sure people's tempers, it's just gonna, it's going to get wild. People's heads are not going to be in the right place for this. I can't wait. I've always wanted to be in the real world, boys. Yeah, so that was like, like a fun show. <laughs> hey, we're going to, two crew, we're going to need you guys to play along with us, though, because that was a huge motivator for the mileage challenge. Oh, yeah. Keep going. That was when we all kind of were like, oh, Strava's not that bad. 
because we got to watch everybody else struggle through the mileage challenge with us. Yep. So I am looking forward to doing this. And when I feel like quitting, seeing people on Strava, you know, playing along with us. And I, I think that, and I think an underlying motivation for like wanting to do this is I think I need like one thing a year that makes me still feel like an athlete, right? Like I think the two years ago, like I, I, I ran the boss marathon last year. Like I didn't really have any plans to do anything, but we did this crazy mild challenge and it was kind of like, it was kind of like, you know, a, a tent pole for the year where it was like, okay, I, at least I did that in May. Like I was kind of, I was kind of an athlete back in May and now we have a new year. So it's like, all right, we need to do something crazy so I can, I can still kind of call myself an athlete. Steve, I think you competing in a, a tennis event that involves your teammate, like losing his <laughs> yeah. freaking mind and slamming his like racket into the court and getting potentially tossed out. I mean, you gotta be an athlete like that. That's a high level competition. So I, I think you're safe. You're an athlete. I just, I just thought of one more thing. I need a ruling on here. Am I allowed to bring a pit crew with me? And how many, is there a, a maximum number of my, you know, the pit crew I can have? You mean like you go out for a run and you're the only person that has like somebody to hand you water at like the two mile mark? You, you bring, bring a pit crew along to, with all like the little details Mike, of like. I was going to do this. I just wasn't going to tell you. Ma- See, make, that, making that, sure. that's, where, that's where our wavelengths are different. You're, you're asking all these questions. You, you got you to gotta think Bill Belichick here. You got to think like you got well, to abide by the I, rules and I then care. work around them. I care about the integrity of the, of the sport. I want to make sure that. You know, there, there's no stone left unturned here. And, uh, you know, when I roll in with my pit crew of like six people who are, you know, making my food for me, they're waking me up They're you know, I bring a full like masseuse team. I, you know, bring, uh, you know, I'm one like, chiropractor, the whole deal. Whatever food they bring for you. What did you say? Yeah, shit. I didn't think about I'm the 100% food part. eating whatever food they bring for you. No, 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 no. Nope. I'm going to have my own personal team, my own personal pit crew. What are they going to defend that 24 seven? Oh, yeah. I'm, I have bodyguards in my pit crew. I got, don't worry about it. I, we got, we're, we're, we're going to be rolling deep. So, so how, what is my maximum? How many people am I allowed to have my pit crew? How are, if, as long as, as long as you pay for them to be at the Airbnb, you can okay. bring as many freaking people as you want. All right. All right. Well, I'll start taking applications for my pit crew then tell me what, you know, services you can provide and you know, how you, how you can be useful in my corner. And if I can trust you, because I don't want some kind of plant, you know, a Stephen Trent plant in my corner. Oh, man. A spy. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. A double agent. I don't need no double agents in my corner. <laughs> All right. Let's kick off the Bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I mean, if you haven't seen it yet on our uh, social media online the chunder mile video with our boy chris robinson the guys over at 27 video did it again dropped a banger of a video it's awesome i mean there's so much footage from that race that i think there's more to come and you know the behind the scenes stuff is is still to come out so stay tuned for that but if you haven't checked out the chunder mile video yet yet you got to get on and check that out Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I guess I'm still on the, the BAA Boston Marathon mailing list. Um, not running this year, of course, but I did get the email 
saying like registration was open, you know, submit your times for this year's race, which was pretty exciting. I mean, we haven't had the marathon now and I guess it's been like two full years since the last time it happened. So to see that and get you a little excited about a race coming up this fall, some in-person racing, I mean, it was, it was pretty exciting. So wanted to share that good news, good news with you guys. Uh, last thing on my bell app. So, you know, Mike and I are brothers and you know that, uh, uh, so Chris has, if you, if you follow us on Instagram, you know, you definitely hear us talk about it. He did the, he's just been around the, uh, the, the podcast quite a bit. So, you know, Chris, but the fourth brother, Matt, I want to give him a shout out. He just did his last day with the Peace Corps after eight years. So Matt, when he was a freshman and sophomore in high school, decided he wanted to be part of the Peace Corps. He went and served in Indonesia for over two years, came back, worked in the, the Peace Corps office for another six years. So after eight years, he finally turned in his badge and he's on to the next step in his career. But I uh, wanted to give him a shout out on, on something pretty incredible. I mean, very few people decide what they want to do when they're a freshman in high school and go on to accomplish that goal. So congratulations to our brother, Matt. Other than that, boys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike? Hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come on, run, I'll take it over.